the table with Darlene. Hi, this is Chris from At the Table with Darlene. And this is actually the last week of Darlene's vacation. So she will be um, back with us uh, starting next Sunday. Um, but for today, we would like you to listen to the opening um, uh, sermon that she preached uh, during our women's conference this year. So please listen uh, to the sermon titled, Do Not Stop Pouring. And uh, we appreciate you and hope you have a fantastic week. Thank you. Second Kings chapter 4 is where I'm going to be reading from tonight. And this message is for anyone who is suffering lack in your life. And everyone has suffered lack of some kind in your life. It's just life. And this story that, that we're going to read about in just a moment, it, it will unfold to us about a little lady living in a deficit situation. Do you have a deficit in your life? It can be many, many things, but you're here, and if there is a deficit in your life, I pray that God will so encourage your heart, charge your battery, and that when you leave this place tonight, you're going to be so encouraged in the Lord. There are different ways that we can be in poverty in our life. One can be rich financially, and everything seems to be okay, but they are broke emotionally. And you can be, sometimes there can be those that have a lot of responsibilities, but they don't have a lot of joy. They they have a title, but they have no joy in their life. Or you can have a lot of joy, but not a lot of influence or not a lot of money. So there are different things. And I believe that people go to church. We can go to a meeting like this and uh, we can look around and, and uh, everybody come from different walks. There may be some of you that's better off financially than someone else sitting next to you or across the room or whatever. But then there are those that have a lot of finances, but they're very sick in their relationships. They're very poor in in, uh, their mind because they let the enemy has caused a deficiency in the natural of some kind. And we have all had those times in our life. And so this passage of scripture has a miracle to it. And it seems like a small thing. And Christy, when you were doing a while ago the offering, and, and I thought, oh my goodness, she's going to end up where I'm going. But it's so good, and I love the way God is doing what he's doing. Just a little bit different, but same concept. Elisha, we're going to talk about the prophet Elisha a little bit. He had uh, finished solving a problem for uh, the king, three kings of Israel because the king of Moab, Moab, uh, Moab was after him. But anyway, God just intervened. We're not going into that story. I'm just putting him in a place. And then we know that he's also in this passage of scripture. When you read the Bible, he's going to go to the Shunammite woman. And we know what a miracle happens there. But in between, sandwiched in between uh, the fact that here he is, Elisha, he is helping and he helped solve the problem. God just did a miracle in the three kings of uh, that had come against the king of Israel, and uh, uh, God just uh, set them free. But here is the little lady, and I want to read this, Second Kings 4, 1 through 6. The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that he revered the Lord. But now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. Now that's trouble, right? And Elisha replied to her, 
How? How can I help you? Tell me. What do you have in your house? He asks her a question. She comes running to him and says, come on now. Something's going on here. My husband has served the Lord. He served under you. He did what he can, and he's dead, and I don't have anything, and they're going to take my sons away. Now, that is a deficit in her life. And Elisha comes, and he says, how can I help you? And she replies to him, and she says, your servant has nothing at all except I have nothing else. I have nothing except just a little bitty small jar of oil. And Elisha said, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Now, how embarrassing could that be? Don't ask for a few, but ask for a whole lot, all that they'll give you. Now, I mean, come on now. Can you just put yourself in that place just a little bit and think about if the here comes the prophet and you're expecting, after all, he should have an answer that wouldn't be so insulting and wouldn't have been so embarrassing. He should have come to her and said, well, I'll tell you what, I have a group of prophets that I know that they got some money and I'll get it for you and we'll help pay off that debt. No, that wasn't what he said in her deficiency. He said, well, what do you have in your house? And she's looking and she's saying, I don't have anything in my house. There's nothing. What are you talking? I just told you I have my two boys and we don't have anything except a jar of oil. And so he says, go and ask your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for a few. Then go inside. In other words, go shelter in place. Get inside. Do something. God's going to speak into us. Shelter in place. He has said that to me for the last six weeks. And I didn't put it in this conference at all. But yesterday I did. And last night I did because it barely began to speak to my heart. Because God is is pressing us in the spirit. See, you were called for such a time as this. We were born in this generation. There's a reason that we're here right now in this place in this time. And let's don't waste it because there's something important for us to do. But go inside, shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour all into all the jars and as each is filled, put it on one side. So she left him and she shut the door. Behind her and her sons, they brought the jars to her, and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. But he replied, there is not a jar left. Then the oil stopped. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the anointing of the Holy Ghost in this house. In Jesus' name, amen. Sometimes in our life, we find find ourselves in situations that are not because of our disobedience, because things just happen in life. I believe that it was an unexpected happening, just like what we prayed for this evening, the situation that happened with that pastor's wife that was here that had to leave because there was a personal situation. There are personal crises that happens in people's life, and, and I believe that's what happened. She wasn't expecting her husband to die. She was expecting him to live and take care of her. So the unexpected happened, but as he had provided before, all of a sudden, there didn't seem to be any provision. And I know that sometimes life doesn't give allowance for our crises. Have you understand that? Can anybody say pandemic? You know, who would have thought it, you know, back in October, November, December, even in January, that that necessarily that our country was going to shut down the way it was, that people weren't going to work the way that it was. So many things and so many tragic things that had happened during that time. But there has been pandemics in people's lives. There has been issues and crises 
tragedies that have happened. And here she was, and she was a desperate little lady. She was in a place where she needed God to do something. The bills were were overdue. And if they're coming to get your kids, some of you might say, just let them come. Because, yes, I've got a couple that I'll just let them go ahead and take. But she needed those boys. She needed those boys. And she was worried and she was concerned. She was overwhelmed. And so the man of God, he stopped and, and, and after taking care of the, of the, the kings, here he was, this is a mom in need. And so he's going to help her. Don't you love the God that we serve who cares about each of us individually? And I, I have to imagine that she was like, okay, he's the prophet. Okay, boys, get out there and do what he said. And they're like, mom, do you really want me to go knock on those doors? What are the neighbors going to think? I don't know what the neighbors are going to think, but the word of the Lord said for you to go and collect jars, and then I'm going to pour some oil into them. We have got to learn to be obedient to what the spirit of the Lord is saying to us as individuals individuals and as families we've been doing a family series here at church and it's time that we as individuals and families stand up for what is right and listen to God and begin to act upon his word and so she was a mom and she could either choose to sit there and die and let them come and take her boys or she could listen to the word of the Lord the prophet was the word of the Lord and do what he says and so she had come boldly and she and Elijah just says, okay, how can I help? And then I love what he does. He answers his question with a question. What can I do to help? What do you have in your house? See, God always wants a response to you. He always does that. It's interesting to me when I tell him about something that's going on and he'll say, what do you want me to do about it? Or what are you going to do about it, darling? That's usually his favorite one. We have a little situation it's a little thing, just a little thing. But isn't it something the little things get you sometimes? Well, we got a washer and a dryer, and uh, we got a good deal on it. And sometimes those good deals are really good deals. And sometimes, and it is a good deal. It's got a great warranty, but it's been tore down ever since we've had it for about two months. It's been tore down most of the time. We're getting new parts. When it gets done, it's going to be really, really good. But it came at a time. Yeah, it's going to be great. I mean, I love that washer and dryer. It's awesome. But anyway... As you know, it quit last week, and they come and they tore apart again, and it's been torn apart maybe three or four times. I don't know. And the dryer, anyway, and they left it. It was all just sitting in our house. And well, we got conference coming out. You know, we got to need. We need to get our house clean, and so on and so forth. And I found myself for two or three days telling my husband, saying to him, "Will you call them and please just ask him? Tell him we need that before weekend. I mean, after all, you know." And and I felt frustrated inside. And that I don't do that a whole lot. I I, I mean, my husband can tell you I don't have that kind of where I just on something like that that just isn't natural for me. But I was so frustrated, and it's like, you know, I'm like, God, I, I think I was talking out loud, and it was just like, I felt smote in my heart. It was like, what are you doing, darling? Why are you so frustrated over such a small thing? It really is. I mean, my, my daughter and my son-in-law, they took my clothes and washed them, and, you know, I mean, I got clean clothes. It's no big deal, right? You know, but we let the little things frustrate us when sometimes there's crises of our life that we need to know that when God speaks that we aren't so frustrated and so cluttered in our mind that we can move on the command of the Lord. 
So she had nothing at all except a small jar. I don't have enough. That was what she was saying. I don't have enough in the house. But Elisha, he couldn't hear. He's good at talking, but he is not good at listening. He didn't hear a word she said, at least not a word he was going to pay attention to. Aren't you glad that God's like that with us? I hear you, but I'm not going to pay attention to you because I listen to me because I got a solution. I'm telling you what to do. And if you'll listen to me, you'll get the results that you need. And it happens so many times. He says, I don't, he told her to go and and uh, I don't need jars. She could think in her mind, I need oil. I, I don't need more jars. I, I, I need oil. I don't need something that I already have because that's not anything anyway. But God sees a bigger picture. And he will take the nothing and make something out of it. Because the first thing that God did he was when he formed the earth and it was void. What did he do? He began to put something in it. And that's how he does it. Emptiness does not bother him a bit. In fact, he works well with emptiness. Especially when we will empty our will and our way to him. He can begin to work in our lives. So she went inside and she shut the door and then they began to pour into the vessels until they were full to the brim. And then they set those vessels aside and her sons, can you imagine that maybe as they begin to pour, she began to pour and those boys began to bring those vessels because they had worked really hard. There was a lot of work that went on and the Bible doesn't tell us about that, but I'm telling you what, if they had to go get jars and a lot of jars and they had a big neighborhood and they had to carry them back, they couldn't carry them all at once because according to the word of God, the way that it leads us to believe is that it was a lot of jars because it turned out really good because three or four jars would not have been that important. So obviously, these boys had to work really, really hard to get the jars back into the house. They finally get that in there. Okay. Okay, mom, here's the jars. Can you just imagine? Here's the jars. I mean, there's a mess of them. There is a lot. Those boys are hard workers because they don't want to be sold. They don't want to be sold into slavery. They would rather stay home with mama, right? They want to be where mama's at. And so, they begin to, they have all those jars, it's just full. Can you imagine how full maybe possibly that that room had to be? And then mom, they'd bring a jar and mom would pour in the oil. And they'd fill that jar up and oh, they'd sit it over there on the other side. And about 10 jars in, can you imagine how excited, because we got all these jars and yeah, the prophet said, go ahead and don't bring a few, bring a whole lot. And can you imagine that as they began to fill the jars, one after another, after another, those jars begin to get full. I can hard, I can almost see those two young men begin to get happy. They begin to get encouraged. And mama was like, oh my goodness, I've got the magic pot here. This thing just keeps multiplying. Look at this. And she's excited. My goodness, that's enough to take care of everything that we have need of. That is more than enough. That little bitty pot that I thought was insignificant. God says, if you're poor, I will use it to fill and bless others lives. Can you imagine how she was feeling at that time when she, her boys were hurrying in and out and they were excited and they were talking about it. Oh, we don't have to be sold, mama. I bet they got jumped up and down. She's like, go on, get some more. Look at, look at what, what is happening. The prophet, what he said is really true. That's what God wants us to do in our life, to believe that what God is saying is true and that we will respond to his word. And that's what they did. And it finally got to the place. 
Go, go get another one. Come on, bring another. Oh my goodness, this is awesome. Mm, that's a lot of, that's a lot of oil. That's a lot of money. We can trade that all. We can pay our debts. Whoa, there's a lot of things we can do. We don't have to worry. We don't have to worry now. We're okay. We're okay. God came through for us. Everything's okay. And he said, there's not a jar left. Not one left. We used all of them. And when that happened, the oil start pouring. But look what happened. Looked around her, the miracle around her in a crisis, a personal crisis. When it looked like not only was her husband dead, not only was a dream that was her future, not only the two boys that she loved and had raised. They were going to be sold. Not only that, she didn't have anything. What was going to happen to her? Was she going to just crawl up in the corner and die? But God says, I've got, I've got a provision. And Elijah, when he came by, he's speaking just like God is speaking to us tonight. What do you have in your house? What do you have in the earthen vessel that God can use. What do you have that's in your hand and in your ability that God can use? Because see, we've all used the story of I don't have enough. I am not enough. Nobody would want to listen to me. I am not educated. I am not pretty. I am overweight. I am from the wrong place. I've been abused and misused. I can never be used again. I am timid. I am afraid. I can not speak. I cannot do all the things that everybody else can do. That's okay. But do you have something in your house that you're willing to give to Father God that he could use? And that was all he was asking. And it is a story that will keep on pouring and pouring into our lives. Just because this little woman was obedient, it causes us to want the presence of God to pour in and out of us just like the representation here in this scripture. What do you have? It's a hard question, but I believe the presence of the Lord and the Spirit of God is saying to you tonight, what do you have? Don't say I have nothing but. God's, I believe with all of my heart that God's getting ready to do some miraculous things in some people that are here tonight. And he's going to do it with something you don't think worth mentioning. Who would want, first of all, why would I ever tell people about my shame? Many, many conferences went by before I ever would have told anybody that I didn't graduate from school. Before I would tell anybody that I got pregnant. Before I got married. Because I was so ashamed. I was so embarrassed. I couldn't even, how could I tell someone that? Because it was something I wasn't, I wasn't proud of. But yet, ever since I was a child, I loved God with all of my heart. And God invested and put something inside of me. I liked to sing. I wasn't the best singer in the world. But I sang for the glory of God. 
I wasn't the best musician, but I played for the glory of God. And then God began to, in the midst of trouble, in the midst of crisis, God would speak. I'm telling you what, you may be sitting right smack in the middle of a crisis, but if you'll listen, God's speaking. If you'll listen, God says, I can take what you're, what's in your life and I can use it for my kingdom. I would never have guessed. I would have guessed a lot of things that God might have done with Darlene Rhodes, but I would never have guessed this that he's done. I absolutely would not. So that's why I know that God has done it because my mind every day cannot comprehend what he's doing. But I do know one thing when I first went to Georgia and those little women were sitting on one side and the men were sitting on the other and we were sitting in dark buildings and the bishop asked me after the first conference that I got to speak to the pastors and the leaders alongside my husband. They took his word. They allowed me to preach and then they had a meeting and asked me if I would come and have ladies conference. And I'm telling you, those women are little powerhouses. They are women that love God. And it's amazing to see God's women getting free and knowing that God's got a purpose for their life, that they were created for such a time as this. Every woman that's alive today, God has a purpose for us. It doesn't matter where on the face of this earth that you live, God has a destiny for you. All in the word of God is symbolic of the Holy Spirit. And we know that. It's empowerment. It's joy. It's gladness. The all represents the gifts of God that he places inside of us. It represents people that God put in your life. I'm telling you what, when you look at the journey of your life and you see people that have been in your life that are still, uh, that are part of what God is doing and you can track it and see it is an amazing, amazing thing. It is all of the Holy Spirit that God will use people to come into your life, to change your life, represents people and ideas that God puts on the inside of you. All it takes is one idea and you act upon it. One thing to change your life around, but you've got to, because the enemy will always try to get you to think that your all is so little and so insignificant that you failed so much that it isn't worth using. But I'm here to tell you tonight that this is your day. This is your hour. This is your time. Quit making excuses because he wants the all of the spirit to be poured out upon this land. Many will come into service time after time, after week after week, and day after day, and month after month, and stay in deficiency, and never realize that you've got something to give. Don't buy into that idea, I have nothing. Everything's been stripped away from me. Everything's been taken away from me. Everything that I thought that God wanted in my life is gone. You may be there today, but I'm telling you what, what God has got, if it's gone, if you will say, yes, Lord, it'll be better than what you lost. I promise you that. Because when we feel like the crisis has caused us to be bankrupt, the crisis has caused us to have nothing left. I understand the nothing left feeling. We've all felt like that sometime. It is a nothing left feeling. All I have is, and I realize, ooh, I got a lot. All I have is, and I hope you, I hope you can say all I have is because I was at a time where that's how I felt. I want to crawl in a corner and I want to die because all I have is three beautiful children. All I have is the gift and the call of God inside of me. 
All I have is purpose that I, that I don't know exactly what it means. But I have something and so do you. And God is saying, if you will take the responsibility to put on yourself, to pour out of you yourself what he's given you, he will cause your life to be so fruitful that you can't even believe it. Unstoppable. Isn't that what this conference is? Unstoppable? Because the God that we serve is unstoppable. Don't let the enemy tell you that it's nothing. It's time to declare, every one of us that's in here, male, female, that my worth, my life is for something. Don't compare what you have with someone else because God doesn't hold us accountable for what somebody else has. Somebody else's gifting, somebody else's talent, somebody else's financial situation, somebody else's whatever they have or don't have, lack of. It's not our responsibility. It's not on us. It's between them and God. But what has God deposited inside of you? What has he placed within you? But you look at others and say, I can't be like that. Don't you dare look up here and say, I can't be like you. You don't want to be like Darlene Rhodes. You want to be just exactly what God wants you to be. Because what God wants you to be can reach people I can never, ever reach. It's okay to be you. It's okay to be that. And that's one of the hardest things in the world for us to accept. That was hard for me. And Christy is right. You know, I at the table with Darlene put Darlene Rhodes on on names I was you know I I I am so thankful for Chris he's not here tonight but I'm so thankful for Chris who pushed me and said you know what they need to know who the founder is they need to know who's out there and I'm like we're a group and he's like you're the one that goes you got to do something and so I'm not doing it for me but if it helps us reach more women around the world if it helps us somehow uh, take more books if it takes uh, helps us to to raise up women's groups in the other uh, around the world can you imagine a women around the world group in Myanmar isn't that just amazing I mean I'm just like really now and they're so excited they can hardly stand it but see that's what God does he does what we can't think of take the little bit and do what we can the gifts and calling of God or without him changing his mind and he puts it in all of us there's something for everyone to do and the enemy will try to minimize because we're hurt the enemy will try to minimize us because we're in a crisis he will try to minimize us because it seemed like everything that we thought was is not that really is exciting news I didn't believe that I didn't believe it I did not feel that because it did not feel that way but if you'll trust me enough tonight to tell you that if you will be willing to go ahead and pour out if you won't draw into yourself and if you won't give up and you won't pout because I tell you what that little woman could have got really mad at the prophet she, she could have really had a hissy fit she could have told him you know what you I told you that my husband he worked with you and under you he did all the right things he was a man of God and now look there is nothing in my house and you're wanting me to go around and beg is that what you're telling me you want me to do you're asking me to do something that's so embarrassing but instead you know what I don't know what was going through her mind, but she was obedient. And God is wanting to get us to the place where we will just learn to be obedient to God. The enemy, if he can give, get your, go, uh, your joy, joy, then he will keep you from your promise. But if he can't, then he, you won't have to forfeit anything. Because if I lose my joy, I know this much that I would forfeit the ministry. I know that if I would lose my joy, I would lose my marriage. I know that 
The all that I have is for a purpose. Everything that is within me is for a purpose. And the enemy doesn't like it when we have purpose in our life. The, the widow woman, she poured the oil until her house was so full of oil. And, and I don't think she felt poor anymore. I don't think she had that poor me attitude anymore. She could have stayed with that had she not reacted to what the word of the Lord said. And I, I can just say to you tonight, when the need seems so, seems so big and the supply is small and we call it nothing, we won't use it. When the needs seem so big and our supply is so small, we call it nothing. And then we don't use it. But when that happens, it will multiply. When that happens, we will send the crowds away and we can't feed them. When that happens, because see, sometimes we think the crowds is just those that's around us. But the crowds could be whatever God says are crowds. It's where whatever group he wants us to go to, whether it's at your home, whether it's at your, you know, wherever you go, whatever connections God gives you, because if you don't pour out, then they, they are not going to get fed. And when you feel poor, you won't pour. When you feel poor, you won't pour. How can I feel poor? I feel poor. Nobody likes me. Everybody's mad at me. Nobody talks to me. Nobody cares if I'm here or if I'm not here. Nobody ever listens to me. Nobody thinks I'm significant. I don't feel loved. All they want to do is use me and abuse me. That is thinking poor. Or when we're judgmental, we're poor. When we're critical, we're poor. When we hold unforgiveness in our heart, we're poor. And when that happens, we cannot pour out. So the anointing can flow out from us. Our miracle is hidden in what we're overlooking so many times. Because of our insecurities. Because of what we think that maybe we don't have enough of. But God is saying to us tonight, I want to use what's in you. And you may say, what do I have to be grateful for? Do I have anything to be grateful for? And you might say, nothing. What do I have to pour out? Nothing. What am I good at? Nothing. I have to stand up here and say, really? Really now? We have to be so careful because living in a deficit in our life overshadows what you are really good at. And some of us in this room today are accepting things in your life. You were called to do things and you are living in ways that has got you so far from the calling of God on your life, you hardly remember the call. But you're living in a deficit. living in a deficit and deficits if we stay in them they will make us poor and we can no longer pour it may feel good it may taste good it may be what you want but if it's not what God wants it will lead you to poor 
And that which is within you will stop pouring out. And I want to say this to every person here. We all know what's been going on in the world today. We know what's happening right now in the world today. And it makes our heart hurt. It makes us sad. But I, we, we talked to our church and we meant it. We didn't want to hear judgmental thoughts about what other people are doing, how they feel, how they don't feel. We don't want it. We're not even going to get into discussions over it. We're not going to fight over it. We are going to love and we're going to pray. Don't be judgment and judge, judging someone else for what they're doing. You know, there for a while, if you had church, you were shamed. If you didn't, then you weren't in faith. Uh, on and on. I mean, there's been so many things. And everybody's got an opinion about what is happening. And all I can say, and I feel like we cannot not address today's issues, but we better judge our heart and see what's in it because it's going to stop the flow of the anointing of God. The oil cannot pour out of us if we won't deal with our hearts. Because see, God says, I've created you for such a time as this. You're my mouthpieces. You're my daughters. You're my sons. It's you that I want to use. It's you that I want to show forth my glory in. It's you that I'm excited about. And if we as the church and the body of the Lord Jesus Christ, if we don't stand up for each other and for the kingdom of God, and we get caught up in a bunch of judgment, and we get caught up in a bunch of old things that's been drugged from years past, Clean our hearts up. Let's find out what's in there. We might be, we might be shocked at the, at the dirt in our well. We might be shocked at how stinky it is down there. And if that's true, and if we don't repent of it, the oil of the Holy Spirit cannot flow out of us and touch the nations around us if we don't do it. Don't let a broken heart keep you from pouring out your love again. So many people are so broken. How can I ever love again? I'm not going to let anybody get close to me. We've all tried that one. I've, I've been hurt so many times. I don't want. Oh, come on now. Jesus heals the brokenhearted. He can put Humpty Dumpty back together again. He's really good. I mean, he just has this way that he could really fix us. Our deficits don't bother him not one little bit. Our deficits do not Cause him to get all in an uproar. In fact, when we have deficits, he gets excited if we're going to lend him an ear because he's going to tell us something. And tonight I want to tell you that keep on pouring because we are serving an unstoppable God. Aren't you glad? The more you pour, the more praise you have. The more you pour, the more victory you have. You will come into a service and, and you will be so blessed because of the unstoppable God. And I, I believe that we are not going to buy into the thing. If I pour in, if I pour in, then what am I going to have? I'm just tired. I'm weary. Well, you came to the right place this weekend because the Spirit of the Lord is going to pour into you. But He's going to cause you to pour out. Because you can't sit there and not pour out and want to be poured into. And sometimes we have to just humble ourselves. He asks us always to pour out what we don't think is enough. At my young age, and I'm talking about this age, 
this young age of life. Yeah. God is amazing me. Media. No. I'm a great grandma. A great grandma. And the challenges that God has given me in this last year have been such a stretch. Because sometimes I just get weary in just doing what's normal. And then there's all these things that aren't normal to me. You know, this book thing. I mean, it's stretching me beyond. I, can, I, I can't even tell you. And then media. You know, to, to do an encouragement on Friday when sometimes I just need somebody to encourage me. I mean, come on now. Let's just be honest here a little bit. Podcast. Weekly podcast. I'm, I don't know a thing. I still don't know a thing about podcasts. But you know what? We're doing a podcast at the table with Darlene. So you might ought to try listening a little bit and supporting it. I don't know what God wants to do. But just what if? What if God wants to take that and do something we can't think about? Surely, because I don't think I need all that exercise at my age. You know, I'm not really sure. But I have said yes. See, we have to learn to say yes to things that make no sense to us. No sense in pouring what little all we have, what little time, what have little energy into one more thing. Write a devotion. Put blogs up. Really, God? I'm not that good at it anyway, so why? I don't know why, but I do know one thing. That if I will keep on pouring, He will keep on pouring. If I'll keep on doing what He asked me to do, He will keep on making provisions. I'm telling you what, He is absolutely, His heart is after the women around the world ministries. Because there are little women around the world that needs what we are sending to them. What we are giving to them. Because they have been abused and misused and didn't think they could be used of God. And God is saying, I want to use you. And you are part of that. So God can, don't say, I don't have enough. I don't have enough. I, don't, I wouldn't know how to put up a website. I don't even know how to keep it up. Somebody else has to do it. I have to send it all to Chris. I don't have a clue. I don't have a clue what I'm doing. Oh, we're getting, you know, we're trying. We're all trying. That's all God says. All he asked that little woman to do was go and Get some, get some pots and then start pouring. And that's all he's asking of us. Start pouring. You don't have to know how it's going to end. Keep doing life what you want to do or you want to live the exciting life. Pour out. The more you pour, the more it flows. Don't waste your time thinking no one cares. Because he does. Because if you stop pouring out, you become a liability to those around you. Do you know that? When you don't pour out, you're cranky. When you don't pour out, you're mean. When you don't pour out, you're sad and depressed and judgmental and critical. When you don't pour out, I'm talking to me. But I'm going to say you. Sounds better that way. Okay, we. When we don't pour out... And we just accept what comes on. I'm telling you, young ladies and young men that's in this building tonight, quit 
quit letting the world try to tell you how you're supposed to live and what you're supposed to do. How you're supposed to act and how I'm telling you what you were born for such a time as this. You can be just like everybody else or you can stand out. You can be a poor of all. You can be a poor of blessing that's going to change other people's life because you choose to be what God wants you to be. Not that you're trying to be different because I tell you what, if you're doing what they're doing, you're not any different. And look at where the difference going. Look at what all the same is going. Maybe that's the way I should say it. Look at what all oh, this is what you do. This well, everybody else is doing it. Why not? I mean, it's just what the culture does. Somebody's got to stand up. Some young people's got to stand up and say, uh-uh, not this group, because we're going to stand for what the Word of God says, because God's got a good future for me. Otherwise, I'm going to end up married to someone that don't want to go to church, or someone that I have to take care of, or someone that does not believe like I believe. I'm telling you, it's time that we stand up and pour out of what God has placed inside of us. Got a witness in the house today? Something very important that I want to say before I close. Something that she did that's so, so important was she shut the door. She listened and she shut the door. We got to learn how to shut the door on things that go against what you know is not right. I'm telling you, you're sitting here tonight and you know that there's things in your life and you're living that life and you know it's not right. I could be nice and just preach something that makes you happy, but see, God raised me up for such a time as this and I don't have time at my age. I don't have time to just preach you real good, feel good messages. But I can sound the alarm and say, you'll keep living that life until you decide to change it. And then you'll say, my life is worth more than this. God created me for such a time as this. He has put something in me, a gift that the world needs, and I'm going to do my very best to give it out because otherwise, this is what I'm going to be doing five years from now and 10 years from now, and I'm going to wish that I had answered the call of God on my life. I will wish that I had listened to Pastor Darlene. I would have wished that I had listened on that night that God has a purpose for my life. 2 Corinthians 4. But we have in this treasure in jars of clay to show that the all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. We're perplexed, but we're not in despair. We're persecuted, but we're not abandoned. Aren't you glad? Struck down, but not destroyed. You may be struck down, but I'm telling you, honey, God's got provision for you. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always been given over to death for Jesus' sake so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. So then death is at work in us, but life is at a work in you. It's interesting that he puts his greatest treasure in earthen clay vessels. Isn't that amazing? What keeps us from showing up and doing what God wants us to is the cracks. And we refuse to let the potter put us back on the wheel and smooth out those cracks. 
See, if you come into a church service or a meeting and you don't feel conviction, if you're living in sin and you're living in ways you shouldn't, then I haven't done my job. I haven't preached the word like I should. If you're sitting here and you've been feeling like, oh, I have nothing to offer, and I haven't preached to where you didn't have a little spark of hope and say, you know what? God's want to use me. I've just been so distracted by so many things. Oh, I feel the presence of God going through this house. You live in situations that that's not your fault. You live in situations where your life is chaos every day. It takes every, every ounce of strength that you have to get through every day. And you think, what else could I do? What more could I do? How do I get out of this? You just start pouring. Oh, you're tired. You don't have the energy, but you just keep on pouring. You keep loving. You show the love of Christ and you keep on doing it. And God will come on the scene for your situations. He's going to do it. He's going to do it. I know that many of you here tonight feel all poured out. That's why you came to conference. You're like, I'm poured out. I'm going to conference. We were so excited for conference. But you just, you feel like I've just given everything that I have. I have nothing left. Oh, but this message says, oh, yeah, I know you're tired. Oh, yeah, I know. I know that I know I know that it's been hard. I know that you felt alone. I know you feel like nobody cares. The nobody would notice if I didn't come. Nobody would notice if I never showed up to church. Nobody would ever notice. Nobody would ever care. And you know what, sweetheart? That's possible. But God knows and God cares. And the thing for you to do is say, you know what? I'm going to go to church because I'm going to make a difference in somebody else's life. Because when we get the attention off of ourselves, then we will begin to pour. I don't want to be poor in here. I want to pour out. And as long as I think about how hard it is for me, I cannot be everything that God wants me to be. And neither can you. Will you stand to your feet tonight? <laughs> Oh, God is good. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for your presence in this house. Thank you for your presence in this house, oh God. You are an unstoppable God. You do not fail. You have not failed us. Never, never, not one time. Not one time. Been praying for you. We all have, but we've been praying for you. That when you came to this meeting this weekend, that you leave with such a peace of God, joy in your heart, but with purpose. Purpose to pour. Purpose. Knowing that just as Esther said, I was born for such a time as this. And we may say, what a mess everything is. What a mess all around me. It's such a big mess. But okay, there's been a lot of big messes in life. God says, I'm still God. Can I use you in the middle of the big messes? Will you be my voices? Will you stand up for what's right? Will you help stop judgment? Will you help stop hate? Will you be one that will put your arms around somebody and love on them? Maybe they have been hurt and rejected by society for so long. We don't know what somebody else's hurt is. But we can be a bridge and help and love. 
maybe just maybe in your heart tonight and maybe we all need to repent a little bit maybe you've been frustrated maybe a small thing you know I think it was a small thing that I was frustrated about I know it was but God used it to remind me darling you're wasting your time and your breath I know better than stuff like that may seem like a small thing to you, but I'm telling you, if you want the anointing of God in your life, you can't afford to be judgmental, critical, hateful, mean to your husband, mean to your children. You can't afford to bear grudges in your heart. Aren't you glad you came to Unstoppable Conference? Because an unstoppable God is going to, is putting new purpose I'm telling you what, Sonia, tomorrow morning when you preach, you're going to preach with a fresh anointing of God. I believe it with all of my heart. God sent you here with a word for this time, this day. It's not the norm. God is doing something powerful in this house. And all it takes is the people that's here that get a change of mind and take it out there and begin to live it. These young people that are here tonight that say, I don't want to just be another statistic. I want to be what God wants me to be. I want to be that one that does not fall fall prey to the enemy and get poor in my spirit so that I can pour out the anointing of the Holy Ghost. If you don't know Jesus, everyone, just not because I, just look this way. You know, we have to, We have to be honest. If you're here in this house and you say, I don't know Jesus as my personal Savior, would you just boldly raise up your hand? Say, I want to receive Jesus tonight as my Savior. I just want to make it right. Anybody in this house that just wants to make it right today, you want to ask Jesus to come in. If you're in this house today and you know that your back's slidden, we got to be honest. we got to be honest with ourselves. I've just backslid. I've got things in my heart. I'm doing things that I wouldn't normally do. I'm acting in ways that I know is right, not right. I'm living in ways that I know is not right. And I know that I'm stopping the flow of God in my life. Are you here in this house? Just be bold and raise your hand. See it? You can put it back down. See, you can put it back down. You can put it back down. You can put it back down. Anybody else in this room you've been using all the excuses all the things then I believe that there's people here that you've heard the word of the Lord and you're going to go make some things right you're going to make some moves you're going to make some moves of obedience see the widow woman she was challenged and she could have threw the prophet out that day there would have been no story about her she could have told him go on down the road I'm not doing it not doing it not doing it And you can reject the word of the Lord and do the very same thing. You can throw it out and say, not doing it, not doing it. And I'm telling you, little by little, the enemy begins to take out the very breath of God out of your life. So I challenge you to listen to the word of the Lord. Because there's some people going to make some changes. We're going to hear some testimonies. There were some people here tonight making decisions that they're not going to do. They're not going to live like they are. They're going to make some changes because God has a destiny for them. And they're being raised up. They're being raised up. God's got a bigger plan than what you thought. Oh, my goodness. Let me tell you, my plan 
what I saw was only what was around me and God saw something that was way far that I could only barely, I barely saw, oh my goodness, I still haven't seen. And neither have you. Neither have you. There were several hands that went up. So we're going to pray together. You know, the word of the Lord, and we've heard this one so many times. Second Chronicles. Where he says, if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves. We have to first humble ourselves. It's a personal thing. I can't change you and you can't change me. And my husband sure can't. He can just love me and encourage me and vice versa. Humble themselves. Seek my face. God, what do you want from me? <laughs> what do you want me to do? I don't want to waste my days. What if? What if the world turned upside so down, upside down so much? Do you see how quickly everything stopped? Who would have thought? What if it all stopped again? What if for six months, a year? What if we became a socialist nation? What if? What if? Then what would you do? How would we act and how would we react? We have, we have a challenge set before us that tonight we can make some changes because we have today. And we will humble ourselves and pray. Seek his face. Turn from our wicked ways. Turn from our wicked ways. He will heal our land. Our land. Our own self. Heal our land. Heal our homes. Heal our churches. Heal our cities. Heal our, our, our states. Heal our nation. Heal the countries of the world. God, we need a healing. It's a time to be excited because here we are. This is a time we're living in and pandemic and who knows what else is out there. But what are we going to do? Are we going to let him pour through us to the nations around us? Let's pray. Put your hands on your heart. Father, we just come before you tonight humbly. You saw those that said they, they know they're in a backslidden condition. That they know they're not serving you the way that they should. And God, I believe they have repentant hearts or they would never have raised their hands. And maybe there are 99% here of us that we need to just say, Lord, forgive us for our actions, our attitudes, for not pouring out more. Looking at our inabilities and looking at where we're at instead of where you're at. And I thank you, Father, for all the humble hearts here tonight, that God, you are turning things around. Would the worship team come up? And we are going to end this service with praise and worship unto him. Christy has an announcement.